survivors start to build again. It's the way of things. The human way. Claire didn't particularly want a pep talk. She wanted to curl up in her warm bed upstairs, pull pillows over her head, and feel Shane's arms around her. None of that was going to happen. Her bed was currently occupied by Miranda, a freaked-out teenage psychic with dependency issues, and as for Shane, Shane was about to leave. Why? she blurted. Why are you sending him out there? You know what could happen. I know a great deal about Shane Collins that you don't, Emily interrupted. He is not a child, and he has survived much in his young life. He'll survive this, and he wishes to make a difference. She was sending Shane into the pre-dawn darkness with a few chosen fighters, both vampire and human, to take possession of the Bloodmobile, the last reliably accessible blood storage in Morganville. And it was the last thing Shane wanted to do. It was the last thing Claire wanted for him. Bishop isn't going to want the Bloodmobile for himself, Claire said. He wants it destroyed. Morganville's full of walking blood banks, as far as he's concerned. But it'll hurt you if you lose it, so he'll come after it, right? The severe, thin line of Amelie's mouth made it clear that she didn't like being second-guessed. It definitely couldn't be called a smile. As long as Shane has the book, Bishop will dare not destroy the vehicle for fear of destroying his great treasure along with it. Translation, Shane was bait, because of the book. Claire hated that damn book. It had brought her nothing but trouble from the time she'd first heard about it. Amelie and Oliver, the two biggest vamps in town, had both been scrambling to find it, and it had dropped into Claire's hands instead. She wished she had the courage to grab it from Shane right now, run outside, and toss it into the nearest burning house to get rid of it once and for all. Because as far as she could tell, it hadn't done anybody any good, ever, including Emily. Claire said, He'll kill Shane to get it. Emily shrugged. I gamble that killing Shane is far more difficult than it would appear. Yeah, you're gambling. You're betting his life. Amelie's ice-gray eyes were steady on hers. Be clear on this. I am, in fact, betting all our lives. So be grateful, child, and also be warned. I could concede this fight at any time. My father would allow me to walk away. Only me. Alone. Defeated. I stay out of duty to you and the others in this town who are loyal to me. Her eyes narrowed. Don't make me reconsider that. Claire hoped she didn't look as mutinous as she felt. She pasted on what was supposed to be an agreeable expression and nodded. Emily's eyes narrowed even more. Get prepared. We leave in ten minutes. Shane wasn't the only one with a dirty job to do. They were all assigned things they didn't particularly like. Claire was going with Amelie to try to rescue another vampire, Mernon. And while Claire liked Mernon and admired him in a lot of ways, 
She also wasn't too excited about facing down, again, the vampire holding him prisoner, the dreadful Mr. Bishop. Eve was off to the coffee shop, Common Grounds, with the just-about-as-awful Oliver, her former boss. Michael was about to head out to the university with Richard Morell, the mayor's son. How he was supposed to protect a few thousand clueless college students, Claire had no idea. She took a moment to marvel at the fact that the vampires really could lock down the town when they wanted. She'd have thought keeping college students on campus in this situation would be impossible. Kids phoning home, jumping in cars, getting the hell out of Dodge. Except the vampires controlled the phone lines, cell phones, the internet, the TV, and the radio. And cars either died or wrecked on the outskirts of town if the vampires didn't want you to leave.